Hello and welcome back to my channel. I would like to start by apologising for the lack of videos for the last two months. I've been really busy with revision and I also had hay fever so I couldn't really speak for some days without coughing uh, or sneezing. Um, so I do apologise for that. Um, anyway, um, for this month of June I will try and release two videos but since I still have an exam left I can't promise that I will be able to release a video, uh, release another video um, towards the end of the month. But anyway, here's the video for today and I hope you enjoy it. For those who are new to my channel, welcome, I'm that medic couch potato, I make random videos for fun. Today's episode will be on the village of Hartington which is in the Peak District. So let's get started. Here is a map of the UK uh, as well as parts of Europe and where the red pin is, is where Hartington is based. So if I was to zoom in a bit more to uh, Hartington, it's kind of in the central-ish part of England. Um, yeah. Uh, and if I was to zoom in a bit more, it's in the southern part of the Peak District National Park. And here's the actual village itself. Uh, so let's just zoom out for a bit and I want to talk about the Peak District before I uh, go into more about the village. So the Peak District National Park um, is an area in England uh, mostly situated in the in Derbyshire uh, region, so Derbyshire province. Um, and parts of the National Park also extends into Manchester, so Greater Manchester uh, and Cheshire to the west, uh, as well as also into like... Um, Staffordshire region in the south, um, southwest. Um, parts of it also extends into West Yorkshire at the north here, so not far from home first, and also into uh, South Yorkshire. So it it does go quite close to Sheffield, um, as you can see on the map here. So it's a very big national park area, and it includes something called the Dark Peak. So that has a lot of moorland um, and it's quite a higher and wilder part of the Peak District. Uh, and it's mostly in the northern section, so north of this area here, but also extends into like the south, so kind of into the east a bit, also at the western margins. Uh, but parts of it as well, because it does extend quite far, far down, it does go into uh, Staffordshire to the south here, Chester, Greater um, Manchester to the, to the uh, west, uh, as well as Sheffield, into South Yorkshire, sorry, in the east, uh, and also West Yorkshire to the north. So it's quite it covers quite a big portion of the um, of the peaks, um, and it's called the Dark Peak because uh, it actually has underlying limestone to it, and it's covered by a cap of millstone grit sandstone, uh, with a softer, a soft, uh, softer rather, sorry, shale underneath. So this means that in the in the winter the soil is almost always saturated with water. Uh, the land is actually largely uninhabited, uh, more than plateaux, uh, and almost any depression that you find there is filled with sphagnum box and black peat. Uh, the high peak is another name for the dark peak, um, as well because of I think it's quite high up in terms of latitude as well. Um, so lots of places to visit uh, in the Dark Peak should you wish to do so uh, and I think places like uh, 
Stocksbridge, which is in Yorkshire. Hathersage, um, which is actually, uh, I think, more into the peaks. Um, yeah, here. Um, and Chapel Enlay uh, Firth, which is here. Uh, they are places that you can visit. That's part of the. Um, I think they're, the, they're on the boundaries, rather, sorry, of the peaks. Or the Dark Peak. Um, there's also other places you can visit as well. Just sort of Google it, basically. And then you have the uh, White Peak, which is um, kind of more south, I think I would say. It's also called the Low Peak. Uh, it's a limestone plateau, hence why it's called White Peak. And it forms like the central and southern part of the Peak District, like I said. Uh, it's mostly between 270 meters or so 900 foot to 430 meters or so 1,400 foot above uh, above sea level. Um, I think the dark peak um, is a lot more um, higher than that. Um, but like some of the some of the principal like upland areas, uh, they do rise over 600 meters or. So foot uh, in the dark peak, so areas like Kinder Scout and Bleaklow uh, as well. Uh, so there are some higher areas in dark peak, but basically for the low peaks, uh, the white peaks, rather, um, you know, the range is from 270 meters to 900 foot to 430 meters to 1,400 foot feet rather above sea level. Um, so yeah, so. Uh, that's just a bit about the Peak District. So it's a very geologically rich area, the Peak District. Um, so like I said, White Peaks uh, is mostly limestone area, hence why it's called White Peaks, as the limestone is white in colour. Uh, there's also a lot of like uh, valleys and gorges that you can see in the White Peaks, uh, should you wish to go so. Um, so Hartington, I believe, happens to be in the centre of the White Peaks, um, and it lies uh, on the River Doe, which is uh, kind of westwards, so this is the river that goes here, the River Doe. Um, so it has a lot of like nice walking paths to the river, should you wish to, you know, um, walk around the area. Um, so according to the census, or in the last um, twenty, over the last um, twenty or so years. Um, back in 2001 census, the population was around 345 people. Uh, this reduced to 332 in the 2011 census, and I think now it's around 300 people. Kind of in, and I think they're all based in this central area. Uh, because Hartington has like different, different wards as well. When I, when I was trying to Google the census, um, I think parts of it also come out of the boundary line. Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but. I think most of the population do live kind of in the central area and it's around 300 people as of 2021. Uh, and it's known for a lot of things, so cheese uh, making for example, you can still get cheese if you want to do so. This is one of the shops that's situated, it's called the Hartington Cheese Shop um, and it was actually one of the places in England that made cheese. Uh, let me see if I can show you a street view of what the cheese shop looks like. Uh, but there was also um, limestone and uh, ironstone and lead production um, of the city as well, uh, of the village, sorry. And I think now it's um, 
mostly just a tourist area. Uh, this is just the village um, centre. Um, as you can see, quite a lot of different buildings depending on what you want to um, get. So this is the cheese shop right here that I mentioned, it's called the Old Cheese Shop. Um, here's a duck pond um, that's currently being inhabited by these ducks. Not quite sure what the breed is. Um, this road up here is a church road and it does actually take you up to St Giles uh, Parish Church. Um, so this is... Oh, a good view there. Um, uh, this is a 13th century uh, parish church of St Giles. St Giles was also known as the Gile, uh, Giles the Hermit and he was a hermit or monk who was active in the Lower Rhone area, I think in uh, the river in France and Switzerland. Um, and he most likely lived in the 6th century uh, and he you know, has was basically a saint and um, apparently he was one of the 14 holy helpers uh, as well. Uh, there's a lot of legends um, around him um, as well um, but yeah you can, you can google him online so this church um, here is dedicated um, to him. Um, so yeah um, so you can actually, I think you can go inside, uh, I've not actually been inside, I uh, only had the look, uh, I looked from inside, uh, from outside, sorry. Um, so here I can show you some images of the church, uh, it's an Anglican church now, um, so it belongs to the Church of England. This is what it looks like inside, and also from like different views of the church, um, or from the church as well, um, that you can see here. Uh, this looks like it was taken uh, in the summer, yeah, July 2019. Um, so parish churches are usually quite a big uh, part of like uh, activity during, um, you know, during uh, in the village itself. Um, so I'm guessing this at one point would have been a pretty popular place to um, might come in for daily worship, etc. Um, I don't know how often the church is now open to public. Um, I'm sure you can um, find out on the website as well. Um, where you can go. Oops. Cookies. Um, yeah. So, um, oh yeah, it's open between hours of ten to four. Um, so you can go in and visit if you wanted to as well. Uh, I'll put the link up for the church um, as well as all the other things I mentioned on my uh, other description box, so do look out for them as well. Um, so the other like um, uh, popular place in Hartington is the Hartington Hall, which is now a youth hostel. Uh, let's see if I can get you a street view of the place. Okay, so I'm going to go in and I just have to show you pictures instead. Um, so this is the view from the outside. Let's see if I can get you a little angle. Um, yeah, so this is what Hartington um, Hall looks like. So it's a uh, it was built in the 17th century, uh, or like rather extended and altered in the 17th century. So it's a manor house uh, which originally was built by the Bateman family in uh, the 16th century. Uh, so 1611 was when the first original 
um, hall was built, and then in 1862 it was uh, altered and extended. Um, and it's actually built in a H plan, I believe, with the main entrance, so this is the main entrance here, uh, and has three stories and three gabled bays. Uh, the central bay recesses off, recessed with an off center porch entrance, so you had to enter through the side basically. Uh, and you can see the recordings of the buildings uh, when they were built and altered, uh, and the lintel above the door when you enter. It is now a grade two listed building. Um, and the Batemans, this is another view from critical angle. So the Batemans remained in Hartington in the, until the 20th century, and in 1934 the property was opened as a youth hostel, by the Youth Hostel Association, YHA for short, and it became a property of them in 1948. Um, so it still has a dormitory accommodation, uh, also like small rooms with ensuite facilities, uh, along with a restaurant that's open to public and guests. Uh, it's also used as a wedding venue should you wish to, um, you know, get married here. Um, and it's also claimed that the bony Prince Charles, who was one of the Stuart, Stuart claimant to the thrones of England, apparently stayed here during the Jacobite Rising of 1745. So this is just an interior section of the um, of the uh, hall. You can see that there are, uh, some of the old structures still remain. Um, this is just another view. So these are now used as like um, relaxation boots for visitors to come and stay in. I actually came to Huntington back in October 2020 uh, as part of my Duke of Edinburgh award, a uh, gold expedition. Because it was the COVID year, uh, we were given a lot of like, um, we were allowed to stay, we were, gonna, we were, going, uh, we were given a lot of uh, accommodations basically, like to complete the um, the award. And one of, our, one of it was to like stay in a youth hostel for the rest of the duration of my uh, gold award. So I uh, actually stayed here for four nights um, in Hartington Hall, yeah, four days, uh, four nights rather, from like the end of October until like the beginning of November. And we actually spent Halloween uh, in Hartington, uh, which is really nice, because uh, the weather was kind of spooky, so it did feel spooky. Um, and part of the requirements for the DAV is to have a bunker bed, uh, to share like the sleeping accommodation with friends and family. So this is what the bunk bed looks like. So if you're here to share with your friends or with your family, um, you know, this is what the hostel looks like, dormitories. Uh, this is what the kitchen looks like, um, which, you know, people can eat. However, if you're doing your DAV, you know that you can't really eat food. Um, here, uh, you had to make your own. Um, for that, they actually had a shared kitchen. A lot of hosp hostels do have a shared kitchen in the UK. Um, so you can uh, sit and eat here should you wish to do so. Um, and a lot of the rooms as well have ensuite bathrooms. Um, so the one I stayed in accommodated four people and we had a toilet and a bathroom. Um, in ours, um, and our fifth member, he stayed in a shared, uh, in a in a separate room, but that uh, he had to share the facilities. Um, they also have a bar uh, in here as well. Um, 
and restaurants as well. And they do have a menu, which I don't know how accurate this particular menu is now. You'll have to look it up when you get them. Um, but this is the what the um, food was being served back in 2019. Um, so I'm just trying to get you a picture of like the other facilities that they have as well. This is the back of the uh, hall. Or towards the back and they do have an outdoor uh, sink so if you need to wash your uh, shoes for example because your boots are already muddy from walking you know they do have an outdoor sink that you can do that um they also have a laundry room unfortunately it wasn't uh we couldn't use it because of covid but it is there um the laundry here um and they also had a um a drying room so you can keep your boots, your wet walking boots and your other shoes as well and coats and here to dry and the heating's on and it's fairly safe like none of my stuff or my friend's stuff got stolen uh, we left it overnight when we got there and the boots t do take a while to uh, dry out just an FYI but it does mean that you can reduce taking to, uh, muddy boots into your room they also have places to sit and eat outside as well, if you want to. Um, and the Hartington Hall also has like glamping pods and um, I think they're called, uh, not, uh, I call them wagons, but I think they're actually cab called cabins um, and land pods, so they look a bit like this. The land pods, they look like these wagons and you can actually stay inside. Uh, usually I think two people can fit in there, maybe four if you've got little kids. And then these premium bell tents as well, which are basically just a fancy, uh, fancy tent with like beds, so you don't have to camp, uh, especially if the floor is wet. Uh, and the views are pretty nice as well. They are, they do look into the uh, peaks. Um, so yeah, um, you can get normal rooms as well without uh, the bunk beds, uh, private rooms, um, but just definitely FYI the the costs are a bit more for the private rooms, uh, depending on availability uh, and um, etc. But shared room, you know, if you have six people sharing, you can pretty or you can save a lot of money. So yeah, uh, they also have lockers in their rooms as well. So if you don't want to carry everything, um, for example, you can't lock them. So pretty convenient place. By the way, it's not an ad. Um, I just happened to stay here during my DOE, so um, it was like I really enjoyed it, so I thought it would be nice to recommend it to people as well. Um, so, the YHA Hartington um, website, I will also provide it um, in right, the description box as well. Um, so, yeah, so Hartington is popular, uh, like I said, obviously, for the, the, the cheese. But one of its main attractions is the fact that it's actually really close to two major national cycle network routes. So the Tissington Trail and the High Peak Trail. Um, and the, 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 the trails pass just under one mile, so 1,500 metres to the east of the village. And they offer, you know, 30 miles, so around 50 kilometres of off-road cycling and walking along the old railway track beds throughout the National Peak District as well. Uh, you also have the Hartington signal box that's on the site of a former of the former Hartington railway station. Um, I think that's around two miles, so three kilometers from the village. Let's see if I can find it on here. Um, 
and um, Huntington Railway. Uh, railway station. Let's see if I can. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what it looks like. Um, now this uh, little um, station, and it's um, it actually opened back in eighteen. Uh, 1899, uh, about two miles away from the village, uh, and it served uh, Hartington in uh, in Derbyshire. Um, and if you can actually walk past it, just an FYI, if you're coming in the summer or when the weather is better, you will have a nicer walk. Uh, like I said, I went in October, so we went past this Hartington line, but it was raining pretty much like the whole way that we were there. And because it was quite high up as well, uh, in terms of altitude, it was windy, uh, not a nice experience. Um, so like, yeah, you can cycle here as well. Uh, but just, just trust for the weather if you're coming um, when it's rainy um, and snowing. Um, unfortunately, the railway is no longer uh, in use. Um, I think the station... Yeah, um, I'm not sure. When, yeah, 1954 was when regular passenger service ended, but uh, excursions continued continued until 16, 1963. Um, and eventually, I think 1964, the tractor Ashburn, that's uh, that kind of that was uh, stopped, so it's no longer used anymore. Um, however, you know you can still um, walk or cycle should you wish to do so. Cycling definitely recommended. It is fairly part, an even path for cycle. Uh, this area and anyway, around the train, um, train line, and this is just what the um, train, um, the Tissington uh, trail shows. Um, so yeah, um, do um, do actually do that, especially if you're interested in uh, walking uh, or cycling. Um, something else I would like to point out, I didn't get a chance to go here, I was supposed to go here, but the weather was just so bad that we turned back. Um, this is a, uh, this is the Arbor Law Stone Circle uh, and Gibb Hill Barrow. So Stone Circle, kind of like uh, the Stonehenge Stone Circle, but a bit more um, smaller, way, way more smaller, smaller rather, and the, the Stone Circle is more buried. Um, so this is the, the borough, uh, and I think it was a Neolithical uh, settlement, um, and um, yeah, it's free to visit, uh, you just have to park your car, there is a car park I think, somewhere near it, um, and it's a prehistoric site, um, it's one of the most important prehistoric sites of East Midlands. Um, and there's I think around 50 of these uh, limestone slobs, uh, slabs, sorry not slobs, slabs, that are now fallen uh, and they like form like a central cove and apparently this is a feature that's found only in major sacred sites. Um, so um, you do have to pay for parking, I think maybe one pound or so uh, per person. Um, yeah, it's managed by the English Heritage site, and I will um, put a link up to that as well, should you wish to do so. But if you are walking with um, dogs, just an FYI, there's a lot of animals that graze here, cows and sheep, etc. So please put them on a leash, because um, you don't want to scare the wildlife. 
uh, oh, the grazing animals. Uh, not a nice experience being chased by a cow. Um, so yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Um, other routes I can take is obviously walking by the river Dull, providing that there are decent uh, trails. Uh, another uh, way as well that you can walk is the uh, manifold pay that's ways rather that's actually a cycling route. Uh, it does go quite a lot of distance as well. Um, and there's a lot of camping areas near it if you don't want to stay in Hartington. Uh, one attraction uh, I walked past this and didn't actually go into it uh, is Thor's Cave. It's this big uh, cave um, and it's um, looks a bit like this. So higher uh, and it's actually one of the most iconic landmarks of the Peak District uh, and you know there's, like, there's actually a hiking trail to it and it takes around three hours to hike and um, that hiking trail is a mixture of open and um, open parts and like actual like parts that have been said so open ground rather and parts as well um, and uh, I think you can go inside um, just just be careful in case it's slippery. Um, you can um, go inside if you want to do uh, do so as well. Um, so it does actually face the river manifold, um, which is where we had um, lunch. So let me just go back to the map for you. So the Thor's cave is here. The river manifold kind of face uh, faces it, and some some really nice spots to have lunch. Uh, and this is the trail that I mentioned. Thor's cave trail. Um, again, I'll put the link up for it on the um, description box as to where you can park your car, for example, especially if you're driving in to the peaks. Um, so in terms of access to the peak district, uh, I recommend having a car. Um, so the nearest airport, I would say, is possibly uh, Manchester Airport. That's the main international airport near the peak district. Um, there's, so yeah, so I would definitely rent a car from here and um, drive in to Big District. Uh, it makes your life a lot easier if you can actually drive around. Just an FYI, because the Peak District is quite high up, um, some of the roads are pretty narrow. So just be careful when you're driving. Um, even if the speed limit is um, 60 miles, just, just take care. Um, because there'll be like a lot of wildlife, a lot of uh, walkers grazing animals, cyclists like using the path as well. Um so just just take care. Um so yeah, back to Hartington. Um so the cheese so the creamery in the village was actually founded by one of the Dukes of Devonshire in the eighteen seventies, hence why this hotel is called the Devonshire Arms. Um and it was the one of the three sources of Stilton cheese. Um and also produced its own unique uh, Dobdale cheese and also like the Boxton blue cheese. Uh, the factory actually uh, closed in 2009 after being sold, uh, but the cheese shop associated with the factory reopened under private ownership, so that's the old cheese shop that I mentioned. And a new smaller creamery was actually opened apparently by employers in 2014. I'm not sure where it's now based. Um, that fact, uh, that creamery. Um, so yeah, just a random thought. 
So if you like your Stilton cheese, make sure that you try it um, out as well. Um, so yeah, so that's just a bit about uh, Hartington. Um, it's probably one of my shortest videos I made. Uh, I'll put the link up for all the places I mentioned. But again, like I would just, if I was you, I would check out the maps, like um, um, create your own uh, holiday based around the big district. But definitely one place to visit is Hartington, um, especially if you want to stay in a quaint English uh, village. Because it is quite quaint and it does look a bit English as well, with these limestone houses. So yep, so I hope you enjoyed the video and I'll see you guys next time.